Romans chapter number 12. Romans chapter number 12, we'll read beginning in verse number 9. The Bible says, let love be without dissimulation. In short, that means it should be real, not fake, not pretentious, but real. Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good, be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love. That's not our text or our message here today, but that phrase is certainly relevant to our message. You'll see that here in just a moment. In honor, preferring one another, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, Serving the Lord, rejoice in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of saints, and notice this next phrase, given to hospitality. Bless them which persecute you, bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice, and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Now turn over to 1 Peter chapter number 4, and you will certainly see a couple of common denominators, but one of them particularly is relevant to our message this morning. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse number 7, but the end of all things is at hand. I believe that, don't you? I believe that the rapture is certainly imminent. It could happen any day. Certainly the end of our life as Christians, we know that there's a millennial reign of Jesus Christ coming up just around the corner. We know between us and that there's going to be a tribulation period and uh, there's going to be some even more crazy things going on on planet earth than what we've experienced in our lifetime. Even the last couple of years, uh, we haven't seen anything yet according to the prophecies of the book of Revelation and Daniel and Isaiah and uh, some of what the Apostle Paul even wrote to the churches during his ministry. And we pick up here now in verse number 8, And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. I I like to refer to gravy as charity. It shall cover the multitude. You know, you put good gravy on anything and it's going to be good. Now, those of you that aren't from the South, you don't know what I'm talking about. God bless you. It's okay. You can learn. I, I had to learn. You can learn too. Verse number eight, or excuse me, verse number nine says, use hospitality one to another without grudging. What I want to talk to you this morning is on the subject, using hospitality. Two messages, really, a practical and a doctrinal that certainly are connected. Let's pray and ask that the Lord would bless our time together this this morning. Father, thank you for your presence here today. Lord, uh, what tremendous congregational singing today. Lord, the special music. Lord, thank you so much for that. Lord, we're rejoicing in what we have in Jesus Christ, and we're thankful that we can indeed wave the answer back to heaven. Lord, as we've opened up your word here in Romans 12 and 1 Peter 4, and we've focused on this one concept of hospitality, we pray, Father, that you would draw us into your truth, help us to see uh, this truth, help us to see what we need to be. Lord, especially as we get toward the end of this message, Lord, I pray, God, that the Holy Spirit 
would speak to our hearts and help us to make practical application. We pray for your blessings. If there be anyone here today or anyone listening on live stream that is without Jesus Christ as their Savior, Lord, we pray that you would touch their heart today. Something would be said. Something would be felt. Uh, Something, God, would shine the light into their heart of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. May the presence and power of the Holy Spirit be manifest here today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Using hospitality. The term hospitality, and I like to joke sometimes. Sometimes like I'll joke and I'll say, well, I have the gift of hostility. I mean hospitality. Of course, a lot of people have the the gift of hostility, but not everyone has the gift of hospitality. Hospitality is the act or practice of receiving and entertaining strangers and guests without reward or with kind and generous liberality. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews 13, verse number 2, a very interesting concept here. It says, Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. You know, that's an interesting concept. Entertaining, meaning showing hospitality, receiving people, talking to people. You know, sometimes the Lord will send a stranger your way and the Lord will tug at your heart and say, I want you to, I want you to minister to them. I want you to show hospitality toward them. And sometimes they're actually angels in disguise that God sends, I believe, as a test to see if we are going to do what we're supposed to do. You know, as Christians, we're God's children. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Just as God sent Jesus Christ to save this world, we as Christians who have received Jesus Christ as our Savior, we have the privilege and responsibility to try to reach the world for God as well. God chose to use us as vessels, as billboards, if you will, to show the world around us His love and His goodness. Now, sadly, sadly, a lot of the lost world does not see what they need to see in God's children. Oftentimes, they see too much infighting and bickering and pettiness and all of that. And I think that all of us here in the room today could say, I've been guilty of that on occasion. We're all flesh, and yeah, we have some pride that we have to deal with. We have some things that we're passionate about, and we have feelings that sometimes we get wounded and hurt, and we become irrational. That's all part of it, but let me tell you something. The world out there will say that the church is just full of a bunch of hypocrites. Well, yeah, there's hypocrites in every church on any given Sunday, but let me tell you something. Don't let the world convince you God's people are the best people on planet earth. I mean truly God's. I'm not talking about religious people. There's plenty of people that profess to be Christian and religion. But if you have, if you have Jesus Christ in your life as your personal savior, if you've been regenerated, as we talked about last week, we've got an old nature that we fight with and sometimes it rears its ugly head. But let me tell you something, the new man inside of us, he comes out on occasion too. And thank God for the fruit of the Spirit. You know, I'm so glad. I, I mean, you, you'd see me on some ugly days where the old Randy Mitchell shows up. 
My wife's certainly seen it more than you have. But you know what? There's also times when that new man shows up and it's like, wow, I can remember when I first got right with the Lord, I had family members said, Randy, what's, what's got into you? you? You seem to be interested in doing the right thing. You know what my answer was? I don't know. I didn't know. I just, my heart had gotten right with the Lord and just that new man started coming out. And I thank God for that, that change that he made. So just as we talked about last week, there's that struggle between the natures that we have. But listen, God's people are the best people on planet earth, at least potentially. You won't find more people that can express more love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. That's the fruit of the Spirit, okay? And only God's children can bear the fruit of the Spirit. I mentioned last week, lost people can be kind, can be good neighbors, can have character and can have ethics. They can exercise all of those good deeds that come with humanity. But to be holy, to be righteous, we cannot do it without the help of God. And we'll say more about that here in just a few minutes. The Bible specifically says of pastors that we are to be given to hospitality. We're to be lovers of hospitality. The Latin root word of hospitality is hostis, which is the root word, same root word for hospital. You think, what's the connection between hospitality and hospital? Well, it's really quite simple. It, it has to do with taking care of people. Hospitals take care of people with their physical needs. Hospitality helps take care of people with their, yes, spiritual, but also mental and emotional and social needs. That's what hospitality is all about. And listen, the world around us, folks, is filled with people that need hospitality. We have emergency rooms at hospitals so that people can go in an emergency and get their needs taken care of. But I wonder, as a church, as a bunch of Christians, do we have an emergency room for people who need hospitality? I mean, if somebody comes along that needs hospitality, is it's like, well, you know what, we're going to have to schedule this three months in advance. They may need the hospitality today. They may be hurting. They may need someone just for that emotional support and someone to show that they care. We're supposed to be lovers of hospitality. And by the way, pastors are in samples to the flock. It's not just the pastor or preacher's job to be lovers of hospitality. It's all of our, uh, and I, I, I hesitate to say responsibility, it's our privilege. Hospitality truly is a joy. Now, there's an extremely southern saying. You know it. It's so, it's so well known that even 2,500 miles out west growing up in the state of Idaho, I even knew about this southern saying. You know what it is? Well, you know what? If I'd have known that you were coming, I'd have put on the dog. How many of you know what that, you've heard that one before? Put on the dog. Some of you haven't. Wow, got a bunch of Yankees in here or something. God forbid. 
I heard it all growing up. Well, I had to put on the dog. Well, I wondered what that really meant, where it came from. I, I was hopeful that it didn't come from the Philippines. Because putting on the dog, the, word, the term hot dog in the Philippines, I'm told by missionaries, means something totally different than it means here in the States. But I was curious. It's like, where does that come from? Put on the dog. Well, it stems from southern arist- aristocratic culture such as wealthy plantation owners when entertaining guests would like to show off their groomed dogs that had high pedigrees. And so they bring out Fido and Fufu and I don't know what they named their dogs back in those days. Scarlet? No, that was the Gone with the Wind lady, wasn't it? But it basically means to be flashy or to show off what you have. I'd like to say to you this morning that hospitality is not putting on the dog, okay? Hospitality is something totally different. So what constitutes good hospitality? Well, I, I will say this, that I have learned to be a lover of hospitality. Being in the ministry has really, I, I enjoy hospitality. I couldn't always say that. I remember telling Brother Runyon, my father-in-law, back when I was a preacher boy, I remember saying that, you know, brother, I don't know why God called me to preach. I really don't like people. And I know, sometimes I'm transparent to a fault. Some of you, I'm still considering, no. Seriously, though, that is not, I can honestly say that that is not me today. I I truly do love people, and I love being around people, all kinds of people, even irritating people I I love, but I couldn't always say that. Sometimes it's like, I don't like being around people, just leave me alone. But you know what? The Lord changed my heart. And you know, there are so many aspects of hospitality, but in order to love hospitality, you first have to love people And you know, loving people is part of the command of God. We're supposed to, first of all, love God with all of our heart and our soul and our strength. And then secondly, we're supposed to love our neighbor as ourself. If you don't love people, you know what? You ought to ask the Lord, would you help me to love people? Listen, if you ask the Lord to do something that he said, this is my will for you to do, I promise you, he will help you. Now, you better mean it, though. You better mean business because the Lord might actually put you through some heartache and some trials in order to develop that love toward people. I know that's the way that it's worked for me. There have been times where I've said, Lord, my heart's just gotten cold. It just seemed like I don't care. Lord, would you enlarge my heart? Give me a big heart for people. And boy, with God answers those prayers so quick. You know, along comes a sickness or a trouble or a trial. And you know what I found over experience is the Lord likes to take and um, and break us and crush out all of that arrogance and selfishness so that just like when you crush a rose petal, you have to crush it in order for that fragrance to come out. And you say, well, I don't know that I want to pray that prayer. I've never had a time. Never had a time that I prayed that prayer and went through some suffering that I didn't say, Lord, thank you for that. That was not pleasant. I didn't enjoy that, but I thank, I'm thankful that it did 
produce some fruit in my life. So I can honestly say I love people today, and I hope that next year, or if maybe five, ten years from now, I preach this same message again, that I can truly say, you know what, I love people more today than I did when I preached that message the last time. I think that we all should desire for the Lord to put more of His love. Listen, if you don't love people, then you need more of God's love. That love comes from God. It's not naturally. Listen, hospitality and love for people has nothing to do with being a social butterfly or having the gift of gab. You can be shy and you can be, you can be yourself. But let me tell you something. If you love people, it'll bring out your best self. It'll be your personality. And uh, it, it's not going to change you into anything that you're not. But I tell you what, it'll be a huge blessing to yourself and others. Now, loving people and how to, what constitutes good hospitality. Listen, you're, if you, if you think about hospitality just on, in the physical realm here, your food and environment can be perfect. It can. But if you don't genuinely love people, they will not feel comfortable and they certainly will not feel taken care of. And so the best thing that we can do for hospitality is to truly genuinely care about people. Here's some things to consider when using hospitality. This is kind of the first practical part of this message. And I would encourage, we read from Romans 12 and 1 Peter 4 that we're supposed to demonstrate Christian hospitality toward one another. I know many of you do a good job with that. I know many of you, you're hospitable toward guests and you invite people over to your home, you invite people out to eat, you spend time with people. When people have a need, you'll send food to them. If they've got a hospital situation or a a health crisis, our people here are very hospitable, but I think that we could all agree that we could all grow in this area and actually uh, use hospitality less sparingly and even to a greater degree in helping people and taking care of people's needs. But on the physical realm, things to consider, number one, would be cleanliness. If you're going to have somebody in your home, I think that we should be conscious of the fact that our home should be clean. When I go to a restaurant that I've never been to before and I don't necessarily know the manager, I don't know the people. What's the first? I think you know the first thing that I look for when I walk into a restaurant. There's a grade that's posted on the wall. And generally speaking, I like to see that in the mid-90s or above. If I really like the food, I'll settle for the low 90s. But when you see an 8, an 86, or an 85 for their health rating... You know what that tells me? They don't really care about me. They may have good food, but it's not good food if you enjoy the taste of it twice. Not that you would enjoy it the second time. You get my drift. It's like, I don't, who wants to go and pay good money? I mean, really excessive nowadays. I mean, the prices are just crazy to, to eat at a restaurant. Who wants to pay that kind of money for people who don't care about you? They're going to make you sick because they don't take care in the kitchen. You can't see back there in the kitchen. 
And there's a lot of times it's like, you know what, I just don't want to look. <laughs> but I don't want to be sick either. Now, praise the Lord. The Lord blessed me with a pretty stout constitution. I can put up with a lot of stuff. Other people in my family, not so much. Like, they get sick a whole lot easier. And it's just not fun being sick. So cleanliness with hospitality is very important. And on a practical level, everyone has a standard that they are accustomed to. No one, listen to this, no one ever felt uncomfortable in a place that was too clean. But we've all felt uncomfortable, more than likely, in a place that wasn't clean enough, right? And so I believe that cleanliness with hospitality is very important. Now, someone once said that cleanliness is next to godliness. <laughs> That's right. It's not in the Bible, okay? <laughs> but someone said it. I, I don't, I'm not saying that I, I'm not promoting that here this morning. But I do believe that it's a virtue that we should consider because being filthy isn't next to godliness either. And, and listen, we all have different standards. And the bottom line, and this is the way that I see it, we should be as clean as we can, but just don't be proud of it. You know, there are some people that are pretty laid back, and it's just like, you know what, I'm not going to be all stressed. I'm going to be carefree. I'm going to be pleasant. Nothing bothers me, but they're not clean. Then you got the extreme over here. You got people that are clean, but they're all stressed about it. I think that we should be clean, but just not proud of it. And listen, while you, we all have different standards that we're accustomed to, I'll be transparent with you here this morning. I grew up in a different standard of cleanliness. My family growing up was clean. We were definitely, we were 10 times cleaner than our neighbors across the street. Trust me on that one. We've all probably been in homes or had neighbors growing up. It's just like, yeah, you don't necessarily want to borrow something from them. But my wife, she had a, she had a higher standard. I, I used to joke when we have people over for supper, um, I have to tear off all the baseboards and dust behind them and then reinstall them and caulk them. And of course, she's not that bad. But I would joke about it facetiously because it's like, I, I didn't grow up with this kind of hassle. But you know what I appreciate that my wife has a gift of hospitality and that she cares. If we're going to have people over to our home, we want to make sure that they're comfortable being in a clean environment. So cleanliness is something to consider when using hospitality. Secondly, food. Food. I like food, don't you? I know what you're thinking. We can tell, preacher. I do. I like food. Uh, I, was, uh, I was skinny right before my wife and I got married. And that was one of the last times. Someone said, does your wife make biscuits? And I said, I married her, didn't I? Now, when we first got married, she thought that she had to fix me biscuits and gravy every morning. And so within just a few weeks, it's like, man, I pudged out and I haven't overcome it yet. But I'm glad that I got a wife that she provides some good food. She stresses about it. She cares about it. But you know what? I'll tell you something else. 
that when we're using hospitality, considering food, what does your guests like? You know, that's if we're going to use hospitality, we have to be concerned with what kind of food do the people like. I mean, we can, we can try to feed them the food that we like. If they don't like it, then that's not being... That's not using hospitality. Now, just as a note, and uh, as I mentioned already, you are used to your standard of cleanliness, and you may not notice things that others would. When it comes to food, listen, your system, your system has gotten used to your standard of cleanliness with your food. Your guests just assume that maybe they have a higher standard. And so just make sure that you understand that your food storage, your food preparation, and all the things that go in there, that you elevate your standard to the highest that it can because it's not using hospitality if you feed people and then they end up getting sick. And so you say, well, I don't, I don't know what those rules are. You know, you can go online and find out. There's just like the restaurants have certain health standards. You don't want to cross contaminate. You don't, you don't use the same knife that you just cut up the chicken to cook to cut up the salad things. And I know you ladies are nodding your head, but most of you guys are like, oh, duh, really? Never thought about that. No, you give people salmonella, dysentery. Bad stuff, not enjoyable stuff. You say, what does this have to do with anything spiritual, preacher? I'm getting there. Be patient with me. And, and you know, please don't, don't, don't take me wrong in all this. I'm just trying to help all of us. I'm not trying to... There, there is no agenda behind this message at all. I just think that we need to learn how to use hospitality, not be intimidated by it, uh, as I've already said, ditches on both sides. You've got people who are ashamed and people who are proud, and that's not what the body of Christ is supposed to be all about. And uh, the, the third thing that I want to talk to you about is conversation. I, I've said this because my wife is very hospitable, and she, she likes to, to cook good food for people. I've had on occasion where I've had to say, look, honey, this is not about the food. This is about the people. And it doesn't do any good to have guests over and you spend the whole time in the kitchen while I'm in fellowshipping with our guests. You know, let's try to make a, make a meal that is a little bit easier so because they want to be around you as well. And so being conscious of other people, conversation, we all... Uh, if you get comfortable in an environment and you know that somebody cares about you, we all will we'll start talking. It's just human nature, and we all tend to talk about our hurts. When it comes to hospitality, let me just say this, try not to. There may be a time where it's like, you know what, this is the appropriate time. We've been having good fellowship. The hospitality is rich and sweet. And there may be a time where it's like, you know what, I'd like to share a burden with you. I have a hurt that I'm dealing with. But make sure that you just know that it's the right time. It's not, you know, hospitality is not for us to sit down. If you just do nothing but air your hurts and your griefs, then you know what can happen? It can turn into a gripe session. 
And we've all been there. We all have that tendency to talk about our hurts, but just try not to let the conversation go into any negative or critical direction. If it does, don't rebuke the people that are being open and trying to be themselves, but just try to be wise and say, hey, let's divert this. You know, just try to do it subtly so that they don't even notice that you're doing it. Just divert it into a more Christ-honoring and an edifying type of conversation. Transparency and sincerity are good things. But you know what, folks? Ethics are even better. And so sometimes we need to remember that let's be ethical in our conversation when we're using hospitality. The key to hospitality is charity and courtesy. Be mindful of one another. Hospitality does not have pride or shame or jealousy. And there's a lot I could say about that statement, but uh, uh, that certainly would be for another time. Now let's get into some spiritual concept here. I want you to consider that you as a Christian, you have a permanent house guest. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse number 16 says, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? Our body is a house. And we have a guest living inside of us. It's the Holy Spirit of God. Colossians put it this way. Colossians says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. When the Bible says that our bodies are the temple, the house of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost is the person of Jesus Christ living inside of us. When you receive Jesus as your Savior and He regenerated you, you got born again, then the Holy Spirit moved inside of your body, and he is a permanent house guest. And I, I, I say he is, that he's a person. The Bible says, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. You don't just grieve a power or an entity, you grieve a person. And you know what? As the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, what we do and what we say in our bodies, listen, if you have unforgiveness towards someone, according to first, excuse me, Ephesians chapter number three, when we won't forgive someone, we are grieving the Holy Spirit of God inside of us. He's in our house and he's not comfortable. We're not taking care of his needs. You know, how about the subject of cleanliness? It's one thing to talk about the cleanliness of the home, the house that we live in, but what about the cleanliness that the Holy Spirit is having to experience? Are we providing Him an environment that is clean where He feels comfortable? Now, here's an interesting doctrinal concept. We don't have time today to dwell, you know, to dive into all of it, but please, please note this. The Holy Spirit within us, our permanent guest, is also the one, truly, that does the cleaning. You ever thought about that? That cleaning process. It's not like we're cleaning it up for Him. He already moved in. When we got saved, He didn't say, hey, clean up your life and then I'll move in. No, He moved in while we were dirty and filthy. He regenerated us. Listen, your soul, your soul, when you got saved, Jesus Christ made it perfectly clean and holy. 
The issue is not our soul here today. The issue is our body and our life. Is Jesus comfortable in the life that we're living? He's inside. He's with us. And so we we need to remember that for Him to do the cleaning, we simply need to allow and assist, cooperate with Him, yield to Him, and so forth. How about the food that we eat? There's spiritual food. You know, the Bible is spiritual. And the Holy Spirit of God within us is fed. Our spiritual man is fed when we read the Bible and when we pray. And that's the food that we offer unto the Lord. How about the, how about the sacrifice of thanksgiving coming from our lips and we're praising and we're thanking the Lord? This is the kind of food that Jesus Christ inside of us enjoys to eat when we start expressing that spiritual gratitude. How about the conversations that we have? Good hospitality is dependent upon good conversation and the same applies with our relationship with the Holy Spirit of God inside of us. Listen, if you go and you're a guest in someone's house, and, 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 and while you're in their house, they just sit there and they gripe to you the whole time. Or, or maybe they say, you know, why, why didn't, why did you do this? Why did you do that? And start questioning, start challenging, start nitpicking and all of that. That's not going to be good hospitality. You know what? In our prayer life, if we're just constantly griping to the Lord and all we have to say to Him is what we want and what we need and we're all self-centered, that's not hospitality to the Holy Spirit. Let's be conscious of His needs. He's a person. And Him being inside of us is a relationship and a fellowship. I went with Brother Runyon when I was just a preacher boy and there was a guy that I worked with and uh, I remember what he looked like. I, his name was John. I don't remember his last name, but um, I, I told Brother Runyon, I said, you know, let's go visit this guy that I'm a co-worker with. And so we were on visitation, and we went to his home, and John invited us in. And John wasn't a close friend. He was just a co-worker, and I knew that he, he probably needed the Lord. And so we sat in his living room, and Brother Runyon, you know, I was just a preacher boy. I didn't know how to handle visits and so forth. So I'm just sitting on the couch. Brother Runyon's talking to John. And John was, I don't, I don't know what it was. It was either cable TV or back in the day of VHS videos. He had a movie that he had rented or something that he was watching it, and he did not cut it off. And it was about some kind of zombies. Now, I, I know zombies are everybody's, you know, you see all the commercials and everything about the walking dead and all of that stuff. That's some weird stuff. I, 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 don't, I don't get it. I, I know when I see all of that stuff, all I know for me, it just, it grieves my spirit. I think it grieves the Holy Spirit. There's something weird about it. And, and you know, even... Even as a saved, when I was totally backslid in my teenage years, and I'd be with, you know, my friends and buddies and all of that, and they'd want to put on one of these, like, Halloween horror movies that they'd rent. 
I didn't like that. You say, well, maybe you're just kind of wimpy. No, maybe the Holy Spirit of God inside of me didn't like that. That was creepy stuff. I'm not saying, listen, I was wicked as could be, but that is like, that was, that just crossed a line even for me. And I'm like, boy, that's not that's bad stuff. I'm sitting there in John's living room and he's got zombies and all these zombies, all they're doing on this screen is just, they're killing all the zombies. I, I thought they were already dead. I don't know. It was just gruesome. And I'm just like, wow, I don't want to watch this. You talk about feeling uncomfortable and I didn't know what to do. Now that I'm older, and I'm a little, you know, I kind of know how to handle situations. I'm not quite as shy and awkward. I, I would just say, hey, John, do you mind if we turn this off? And he probably would have been fine with it. I don't think he was being disrespectful. I think that he was just, you know, being oblivious. Like a lot of times that we are when it comes to hospitality. He wasn't thinking about us. He was thinking, he just probably wasn't thinking at all. But you know what? I remember how uncomfortable that that made me feel. And it's like, well, why didn't you just not look at it? Well, you know, it's it's right there, right in front. And I don't want to look at it. And so I'm trying not to look at it. But when something's right there, you know how hard it is? It's just like, whoa, that, that was creepy. So I says, don't look at that. So I'm listening to the conversation. Whoa, that was creepy. Brothers and sisters, do you ever do that to the Holy Spirit? I'm not talking about zombie movies, but maybe it's something else. It could be anything that we know makes the Holy Spirit of God uncomfortable. He is our permanent house guest. And then my last point here is taking this truth and really appropriating this vital truth because I kind of use the subject of hospitality to bring us into a spiritual matter that the Holy Spirit is our house guest, but then there's another aspect of this that even takes this further, that, listen, we need to understand and appropriate this. When I say appropriate it, it means we need to change the way that we think and the way that we live in light of this very important truth. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Know ye not that ye are the temple of, excuse me, that's, I already read that one. 1 Corinthians six nineteen. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a price? Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are whose? God's. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit being our house guest, but the reality of it, brothers and sisters, he's the, he's the owner. We get to use this body. He bought it and he purchased it. The sooner that we realize and appropriate that our bodies and our lives are not our own, the sooner we can make Christ feel comfortable. He's cleansed you. He sanctified you inwardly. We need to be sensitive to what makes him feel comfortable in his own home. Now listen, we all do what we want to in our own home. When we invite guests in, a lot of times we put on our best behavior and we make sure it's the best food and it's clean. And we we do all of these things that are extra 
But you know what? You're not going to go over to your neighbor's house and just walk through without ringing the doorbell and, you know, them letting you in. You're not going to go in and rearrange their living room. You're not going to walk into your neighbor's house and just start using the kitchen, right? Why is that? Because it's not yours. The sooner we realize that our bodies and our lives, they're no longer our own. We belong to Jesus Christ. Now let me tell you something. He's not gonna, he's not gonna be a tyrant that takes over. He's gonna be a friend that we fellowship with. And he's got a better way of managing our house than we ever thought of. You want your body, you want your life, you want everything about you to be fruitful, to be pleasant, to be joyful. The best thing that we can do is say, Lord, it's all yours. What do you want me to do? As soon as we do that, the sooner that we can start enjoying that hospitality with the Holy Spirit. And I close with this verse. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. W-H-O-L-L-Y. That's the whole, that's the whole nine yards. And I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Is your body the temple of the Holy Spirit? If you are not saved, you don't have Jesus Christ living inside. You need it. You need Him. And you can get Him. You can get the Holy Spirit inside just by simply coming to God as a sinner and saying, Lord, I'm a sinner. You confess that and you mean it. I don't mean this kind of sinner approach that, yeah, I'm a sinner just like everybody else. That's not going to work. you got to come to God and forget about everybody else and say, God, I'm a sinner doesn't matter what everybody else has done. I'm a sinner before your eyes, and I know it. And I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins. If you'll believe that with all of your heart and call upon him to save you, he'll save you and not only change your eternal destiny from hell to heaven, but he will come inside of you and make you a new creature. He'll forgive you. He'll change you. He'll clean you up. I used to tell people all the time, you know, if you'll trust Jesus as your Savior, He'll change your life. And they kind of look at you like, why would I want that? Therein lies the problem, is people are content with a godless life. It's okay to believe in Jesus and have my ticket to heaven, but really down deep, people, not all people want a life where God is in their house. God wants to sanctify you wholly. If He saves you, then your soul is sanctified, it's clean, it's pure. God looks down and He sees you as righteous, but then He wants to sanctify, He wants to clean the whole thing. Your spirit, your soul, and your body, He wants us to be blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I think and I believe that all of us here this morning can improve and using hospitality toward the Holy Spirit. Child of God, use hospitality to help one another, to, uh, to take care of one another's needs, but then even more importantly, 
Let's use hospitality toward the Holy Spirit of God that lives inside of us.